What's going on, guys? What's going on? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and it is so good to see everybody in here. Uh, come on in, uh, hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button. And uh, tonight we are going to have a barbershop conversation. Uh, and the reason we're having a barbershop talk is because uh, the, one of the brothers I have here today is uh, Jabari Natur out of uh, Baltimore, and he runs uh, Conscious Heads Barbershop. And so uh, I figured just in honor of Jabari and, and, and all the great, uh, brilliant people I met in Baltimore, we would do like a barbershop talk. Uh, and I think this is needed because uh, there's a whole situation going on with Dave Chappelle. And uh, Dave Chappelle has been <laughs> he's been getting it. he's been getting it, you know, from, from certain certain folks, mostly white folks, about his uh, recent um, Netflix special. I think it's called uh, The Closer. Cool. And uh, and so I. Uh, out of respect for Conscious Heads Barbershop and also, uh, what was it? Uh, Reflection uh, Eternal. Reflection Eternal. Reflection yeah. Eternal run by Suniata out of uh, Baltimore. We've decided to do a barbershop talk. All right, so let me uh, introduce my guest today, uh, the individuals that are here. Uh, I mentioned Jabari Natur out of Baltimore. Uh, he is the uh, president, CEO, and founder of Reality Speaks, as well as Conscious Heads Barbershop. And Jeff Lightsey Jr., a.k.a. Little Stephen A. Smith, who uh, is on the Black Ball channel <laughs> every day. And uh, y'all know Jeff. Y'all seen Jeff on this platform. Uh, how y'all brothers doing today? Doing fine. Doing wonderful. Glad to be here. Glad to yeah, be same. here. Same. Same as well. Same as well, Dr. Boyce. Always. Good. Glad to see you. Glad to see you guys. And uh, how's everybody else doing here? I see Michael and Diddy and... And Mangama, Mangana, and Chris Jefferson, uh, <laughs> Tatiana. Uh, give me a yes or no, everybody. How, how many of you, yes or no, how many of you have been following uh, this interesting controversy with Dave Chappelle and his new uh, Netflix special and all the pushback he's been getting? Uh, give me a yes or no in the chat if you uh, have, have observed any of this. And uh, also let me know if you've seen uh, Dave Chappelle's special, if you've watched it. Uh, my wife watched it a little bit of it earlier and uh she said uh she wanted me to watch it with her tonight so that we could um <clears throat> uh kind of do a conversation because they're actually talking about canceling or they're trying to call make calls to cancel uh Chappelle's yeah. uh whole whole thing so I'm gonna start with Jeff Jeff is a, a trained uh journalist uh you know we got the smart black men in the building Jeff Jeff is a journalist he, he tends to just know all the facts a lot of facts that a lot of people don't know so Jeff mm-hmm. um let, I'll just start with you man um what is the latest in terms of uh, the backlash with Chappelle and everything else? Well, Chappelle's getting a lot of heat from the LGBT community, right? Because Chappelle makes jokes in the in the special. The big one that caught everybody's attention, even if you haven't seen it, you've probably seen this clip, was him talking about baby and how baby got canceled by the LGBT. And essentially all his concerts across the country, a lot of them were canceled because of his statements he made about AIDS when he was at Rolling Loud, I want to say, in front of you know thousands and thousands of people. But Chappelle brings up the fact that, yes, a lot of his shows and people disassociated themselves from the baby because of his statements on AIDS in front of Rolling Loud. But the baby actually killed someone like this is not speculation. This is not rumor hearsay like the baby actually shot what Chappelle says shot a nigga and his 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 fame got bigger than ever right but in, in the, the baby's defense i will say Chappelle was making a joke but it had serious connotations around it the baby was fighting for his right like he was self-defense it was claimed self-defense and that's why nothing really ever came of it so i want to put that out there but the fact that that has never been brought up that's not what got him canceled that honestly you know being known would actually boost his record sales because you know we love to talk about killing our people 
But as soon as he said something, he didn't even say anything about LGBT directly. He just said, if you ain't doing stuff in the parking lot with other men and you ain't got AIDS, make some noise. Right. Like and so that's what led to all his backlash. And so in, in the backlash that Chappelle is receiving because of this proves his point. It literally proves his point that if you make someone of that community upset, then they'll try to come after you. They'll try to cancel you. They'll try to take every way away from you. The one thing I'm glad that Chappelle is doing is he's not being buck broken. And that's one thing I definitely salute for sure. Mm. All right. So Jabari, you know, it's uh, a, <clears throat> I saw that. Yeah. I saw this kind of go down and it's real interesting, right? I think that uh, what Jeff just said is right. That, they're kind of proving Dave's point, you know. Um, I think somehow somebody told us that uh, that if you are gay, you can't be racist, you know. That <laughs> you know that you got all these other, you know, these other groups that that have their own issues and their grievances. And we're not anti anybody. It's not a matter of being anti, but uh, it seems like a lot. Of, when I look at racism and white supremacy, or people just thinking they could treat black people in any old kind of way, I, it seems like that 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 treatment is worse from people who think they have a right to do that. You know, uh, you know, so so what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think that they sort of feel like, well, because we're liberals, we have the right to really come after you in a certain way or or, or what do you think about something or is this racism at all to you? Of course, of course, it's, it's, it's racism. And, you know, it's it's like I mean, I just want to go back to what, what the brother was saying is that like I, these these rappers, a lot of times, you know, I me, mean, I, I mean, the way we're dying in our community from. The, uh, from drugs, from drug overdoses, from just like um, us killing black on black violence in the community, and the stuff that uh, you know, we when we did the movement, when I met you, Doctor Boyce, the movement was the LGE movement, which meant life giving energy or love giving energy in the community, and that was the movement because we said that people should have been in an uproar in our community because of the promotion of the killing, the drugs, going to jail, and all those different things. You know what I'm saying? So. Like these people are talking. I mean, they were talking a lot about this, you know, um, a lot, a lot about this. You know what I mean? So, I mean, they people should be in an uproar, an uproar about the lyrics that's in the music already. And like you said, mm-hmm. this guy actually killed somebody. He actually killed somebody, and that wasn't a big that wasn't a big problem, you know. But mm-hmm. they can talk about make music about shooting each other, killing each other, long as it's black on black. But if he was Absolutely. talking about killing other people, killing other folks, then it wouldn't be a problem. You know, it wouldn't be a problem, but it's only a pro- it's only a problem. I mean, you know, so that's what the big thing is. They promote these lyrics o- over and over again to our community. And he says this one thing, and they're in an the uproar, canceling stuff, but they should be canceling shows because of what he already been said, if that's what it's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. the promotion of drugs in our community. I was just looking at an interview by uh, Young Juice World, who died from an overdose. Mm-hmm. And you know, and he was talking about when he was eleven to twelve years old that he heard Future talking about different things about drugs, the Dirty Sprite album, mm-hmm. and that made him want to use drugs. And that young guy died of a drug overdose. Mm-hmm. You know, so we should have been in the uproar from some of the things that's been said by hip hop artists. I love hip hop. I am hip hop. I'm not hating, but I'm talking about the state of our community. I'm talking about the black on black violence. I'm talking about the drugs. That's in the community. I'm, I live in the area right now. When you go to Pennsylvania Avenue in Baltimore, where's zombie land up there? And it's sad to see our people walking around like that. Mm. Well, <clears throat> well, sir, uh, you have to leave this podcast because you, sir, are a hater. 
You a hater. Why you hating? Why you why, why you up here hating? Talking about like not killing black people and stuff. What's wrong with you, man? Something wrong with you. You a hater. I, I, I'm gonna give you a little taste of what I get when, when rappers get, get mad at me. You know, I, I get I get calls, man. I got a call from a friend um, who you know, it's a decently well known rapper, and he he was like, "Well, you know, Doc, I I don't want the the rappers to think that you don't like them. You don't like them. I'm like, I love rappers. I just don't like people who kill black people, and neither should you." There, right. by the way, there's a picture of Juice World, by the way. That's a young black man who could right. have become many things in his life, but instead he is a man who died from a drug overdose. And, mm-hmm. and, and Juice was like 21. He's like 20. He was pretty young. Yeah. He he wasn't old at all. Like he was like yeah. 20, 21 years old. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and I, I think it's crazy to me. I mean, it's real ridiculous to me that that I mean, talk about some old um, brainwashed butter biscuit eating nonsense. Uh, <laughs> who made you think that 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 you that it's OK to trade money for the future of your children? You know, uh, seriously, I, there's no amount of money this brother could have made. No number of, of hits he could have had. No amount of fame he could have had that will be worth dying at the age of 21. Right. You know, even, even Jeff. How old are you, Jeff? What are you, 26? I'm 25. Yeah, I'm 25, wow. man. 25, wow. right? Yeah. So, you know, and even so even somebody as young as Jeff, can, you know, you think about all the things that have happened probably in your life since you were 21. Absolutely. You know, think about all the things that are going to happen in your life between 25 and like 50 or 60 or 70. Like, he lost all of that. Exactly. All of that, yeah. just you know, yeah. Tupac yeah. lost all of that. You know, That's crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah, man. So I, I think that we got to have some common sense conversations around this stuff. So uh, anyway, do me a favor, everybody. Uh, please hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. I'm here with Jabari Natour, uh, and also Jeff Lightsey Jr. And uh, I'm gonna give uh, Jabari's uh, information as well, so you can follow him. And uh, by the way, Reality Speaks Jabari is it's on Instagram. You got an Instagram? Uh, we we create that. So we de- we got a Facebook right now. Reality Speaks on Facebook. Okay, so reality we do, actually we do we do have reality speaks reality speaks uh, Tubman City I think it's called reality speaks Tubman so I'm gonna check and I'll, I'll get that straight for you. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, yeah. So I'm gonna put that information up and uh, also Jeff, Jeff, I'll put you information. All right, so uh, so here's the thing. All right, so with with uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, one of the things that was really interesting too is in terms of this sort of um, uh, paternalism that we get from white liberals. Uh, one of the critics. Uh, was actually a person from that a movie. Uh, what was it? Dear White People. Yeah. And uh, and, and it was a, a person who was an executive producer on the film. And uh, I'm gonna try to find the person's picture so you can see him. And and then I'll I'll give you. Uh, it, it's a her. It's a her. The person is uh, transgender. And I'm not here to make fun of that. None of that. Right. I I'm not gonna lie. When I grew up, we didn't have a lot of people that you know could, could just be like, okay, I'm a boy now. Now I want to be a girl. You know. But but it ha- It's it's fine. Right. We're not here to be anti anything. Um, but it's it's interesting, right? So I was like, okay, who is this person that you know that feels they have this authority to come in and and say these things, you know, and and, and sort of go into this whole process of canceling Chappelle, we canceling Netflix, all this other stuff. And so here's here's the person, um, and uh, I don't I don't have their name in front of me. I look at J- Jacqueline Moore, Jacqueline Moore, right. and uh, and you see Jacqueline with Dave Chappelle, and Jacqueline has basically accused Chappelle of being uh, just transphobic. Uh, you know, homophobic, I'm sure, and a lot of other things. And um, and Jacqueline's argument is that Dave's words by him allegedly being uh, transphobic or whatever the case may be, that it increases violence against, uh, you know, trans people. And uh, and now That's I right. did not hear anything. I, I didn't, you know, maybe there's something in the special. Right. I don't know. I'll, t- I'll tell you what it is. So what, what, what did Dave say? Uh, so during the special, Dave says that gender is a fact right he said if you're born a man 
you are a man. If you're born a woman, you are a woman. He said this really shouldn't be a debate on gender. And I mean, honestly, Dave just is saying what a lot of, especially black people, especially black men in particular, believe in. Think about it, Dr. Boyce, Mr. Jabari. If y'all have mothers, right? We all came from a woman. And this is what Dave kind of alludes to, and I'm expound upon it. He says we all came through a woman through her legs or C-section or whatever, but he, he says we all come through her legs. I, I got a mom. You all have moms. No offense to Jacqueline or whoever that is. You can't tell me they're the same. Yep, there's no way you can tell me a, a man who decides to be a woman is the same as my mama. Ain't no way. Like, there's no way you can prove that to me. There's no way in hell I'm going to agree with you. I can respect you and your pronouns or whatever you believe in, right? Like, I can respect that. But we can't say you're the same. But women have, have go through too much through their, you know, with their bodies, what happens to them on a daily and all kinds of stuff to sit there and say that a man, if I'm Jeff, who is a man, and if I decides to be uh jessica tomorrow that we're the same it's just i, I and that's it that's essentially what dave says and i completely agree with him mm. yeah. yes jabbar yeah i was gonna say one of the things that he said that you know he, he said a lot of times you see this and really know when you see him his comedy is that he be on those white he's i'll be on white people i'll be on white <laughs> people. now all of a sudden you saying that you know and we got y'all up against the wall we got y'all against the wall and we making some headway and next thing you know like haha we switching the struggle now this is the new fight right now. You know what I'm saying? Now that y'all got us, now we creating this new atmosphere. I mean, all of us, our people come here as enslaved Africans here. You know what I mean? And the worst treated human beings on the planet Earth. That wasn't our struggle back then. You know what I mean? He talks a little bit about he talks a little bit about that, but that wasn't our struggle back then. Our struggle was getting free, freedom, families, you know what I mean? Getting sold by different uh, 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 slave masters and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? But our struggle was to get free, to be humane, to be, you know what I mean, to find some freedom. So that was our struggle back then. And now all of a sudden they create these new struggles, these new things, because they create different tastes. And that's the big problem that we have. We're not hating on anybody else, but y'all give us all these different things. Oh, now you can like this. This is out here. So you can go and like this now. Now you can like this. And it's okay to like this. But y'all creating different tastes for our people. The same way you do for food. You know what I mean? They put, they run pizza commercials, McDonald's commercials. They show that new hamburger and that new, those new fries and stuff to create a taste in our mouth. You know what I mean? For, for certain things. Do hip-hop music, they create a certain taste. That's why all they talk about, you know what I'm saying? Gun, 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 drug. It creates a certain culture and a certain taste. You know what I mean? So now they created all of this confusion. And I'm talking about the white power structure. Create all of this confusion within our community so we forget what the struggle was supposed to be. We forget what we're supposed to be fighting for and fighting about. So that's Absolutely. basically what Dave is really talking about. I mean, I, I watched the special. Um, it was actually pretty good. I mean, he said some th some very shocking things. Now, I don't even know if some of the stuff is true because he said, I don't know, brother, you remember, he said something at the beginning and he made a joke about a pastor. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm like, well, was that true? Or he, just, <laughs> he kind of just threw it out there and I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> when you say it, you'll see it's like a shock and all. And then he kind of just moved forth and he just moved, he just moved on. But that was very shocking. You know, uh, um, you know, you know what I'm talking the quote I'm talking about, brother? When he, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know I'm, what you're saying. Wow. I don't want to spoil it for nobody, yeah. but yeah. Uh, Wow. Now, I, what, what I'll say, Doc, I want to jump in really quick, too. I, one thing that the reason why they're coming so hard after Dave, because he's one of the last mainstream celebrities, right? Mainstream celebrities to have a mind of his own. Right. He's he's one of the last mainstream celebrities that can't be bought. He proved yeah. that 
10, 15 years ago. He can't be bought. He has a mind of his own. And he says what we're thinking, right? Like Dave Chappelle, I imagine, is closer to you all's age than mine, right? But even at 25, I remember when things were one way, and obviously we adjust to change, right? So Dave started off in, what, the 90s, right? So we're talking 25, 30 years ago, and things were a certain way in the 90s, right? And so now he is watching this shift for good or, for good or for worse for you know for better or for worse or whatever he's watching this and he's just like yo like this is and he is still willing right. to put his opinion out there he's not now some people like uh I mean you know, Kevin Hart or Nick Cannon they'll shy away from topics like this because yeah. it, it messes with the money right but Dave turned out 50 million 20 years ago from Comedy Central so he you know he clearly doesn't care and they they tried to kill him back then when they tried to say he was on drugs and he went to Africa and he was going mm-hmm. crazy so he's dealt with all of this before that's why he's like man like shoot I, I don't got nothing to lose they already tried to say i was crazy 20 years ago before social before cancel was a thing they tried to cancel dave Chappelle. you know what i'm saying and so he's like man you, you can't cancel me i came back stronger bigger than ever and i still have and it's comedy like comedy is made for jokes it's made for laughs it's made for entertainment but in the great comedians the reason why he is a special he's a legend is because their comedy makes sense it is the questions and it brings up those things that a lot most folks are afraid to talk about in public it's maybe a conversation us three would have at, at, at doc's house or at your house or at my house right but to have it in front of millions of people on a platform like netflix is why dave Chappelle is dave Chappelle, and no one else can recreate that mm. everybody who's watching we're talking about dave Chappelle and the controversy with his new netflix special uh, called The Closer, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I'm going to watch that tonight. If you could, do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button right now. And y'all know that we are some uh, brothers having some dangerous barbershop conversation. We can go to Conscious Heads Barbershop in Baltimore uh, or Reflection Eternal and have these conversations. But we can't have these conversations on the Internet anymore uh, because they don't want to hear the voices of black men. Well, we want to hear the voices of black men, which is why we created the blackbosschannel.com. The URL's on the screen. I hope you will go right now and write, write down that URL. Go support the channel. Uh, subscribe because uh, we're, we're going to re- represent uh, your voice no matter what the price is. So uh, I hope you'll come and join us. Uh, we, we do stuff on there every single day where we have brothers talking about everything from health to finance to relationships. And believe me, black men have an opinion and it should be heard. And sometimes it's different from everybody else. Now, speaking of black men, let me uh, bring a, a person on the screen that that uh, I assume uh, I, I, that, that Jeff's gonna know who this guy is, and this and this this person comes up because uh, I, w- I want to make the connection between this person and Dave Chappelle. Uh, what what's the name of that person? Somebody tell me who that person's name is. Who, who's who's that on the screen? You, you can go ahead and say it, Jeff. Oh, Jeff is muted. Let me unmute him. Wait, uh, my bad. Know? That's Mr. Kyrie Irving. I, I had my phone was going off, but yeah, that's Mr. Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, so so the reason I bring up Kyrie Irving is because I had a debate with actually another black man whose opinion I respect. Um, you know, he's a, he was a, a a professor like me, and uh, and we were talking about Kyrie, and you know Kyrie's under a lot of interesting fire, and you can give us the update on it, Jeff. Uh, it's yeah. all about getting the jab, you know, and he's and people are saying, oh my God, he's going to lose you know almost four hundred thousand dollars a game, is I think it's three hundred eighty k or something crazy. And my friend was basically saying, you know, this is insane. He said, boys, if you talk to Kyrie Irving, you tell him that is crazy and stupid to give up <laughs> for, you know, that much money uh, over something this silly, something this simple, something that's this stupid. And I said, look, I said, um, look, I, I'm not I said, look, my, my position is very basic. I just believe in freedom. I, I don't know why freedom is such a is such a complex idea for so many people. 
but I said, uh, I just believe the brother should do what he wants. Like, you know, it's his life, his money, his whatever. And I said, now, I said, now imagine this. I said, maybe Kyrie is crazy. And he said, Kyrie's crazy. He's just marching right. to the beat of his own drum. What's wrong with it, right? And I and I heard this, right? And this is what this is what I encourage everybody to do. You got to hear all the points of view so you can really understand what people are thinking, right? You got to you know respect their humanity. So I listened to him patiently, and I said, I said, I, I get it. I hear, understand where you're coming from. I said, but. Maybe Kyrie has figured out something that I, I personally figured out a long time ago, that the best way to be free, especially when you're a prominent black man in his position or like him or Dave Chappelle, is when you uh, can get over the addiction to money. Right. And, and what I mean by that is this. Um, a- answer this question for me. Is, is Kyrie Irving ever going to go broke? <laughs> like, no. like well, even, even if Kyrie gave up 80 percent of his future salary, is Kyrie ever going to be destitute in the pole house, living in the projects? Is he you know he's not. No. You know, no. so so maybe no. Kyrie is thinking similar to Chappelle, which actually is how I think as well. Which I understand. I don't know why it's complex, and I want everybody to pay attention. Uh, this is why you don't want to be a hardcore capitalist because a hardcore capitalist mindset says, if I made a hundred million, and you put another fifty million in front of me. I need to still sacrifice everything, all my freedoms, all my rights, all my everything to get that last 50 million. Because I'm like a hungry dog who's got to eat every piece of food on the on the plate. But maybe you can say, look, I made enough money. Right. Money is supposed to liberate you. It's not supposed to make you into a super slave. And so <laughs> some of our celebrities, they don't make you know, they don't make. I'm like, wait a minute, you don't make 10 million dollars a year for the last 15 years and you still selling out for the money. <laughs> I can understand. I can understand a broke right, dude. Right. You know, I yeah. can understand like a, if you take a, a seventeen-year-old from the projects, you know, who ain't never had nothing, who's barely <laughs> trying to feed his, his little siblings and whatever, and he does whatever to get money. That makes sense to me. But when you done made a hundred million that damn dollars and you still selling out, <laughs> right. then what's the point? Like that right. don't make no sense. You a drug addict who who, who always needs more drugs. Like right, you should right. be content. Where you know, right. so so what you see with Kyrie and you see with Dave. Is that's what money's supposed to do? Money's supposed right. to free you. Well, you right. say, "Look, I'm good now. Now y'all can't. You can't buy me no more." Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think, uh, I, I, uh, Jabbar? I'll go with you first, and then Jeff. Uh, I'd like to hear your yeah. response. I was just saying that um, Dave Chappelle was following the rich legacy of uh, Bob and Dick Gregory. You know, Bob and Dick Gregory. He took a lot of he took a lot of cuts back then. You know what I mean? But he was brave. He actually talked about things that many people didn't want to talk about. And I'm talking about white folks going in front of all these crowds of white folks, and they just be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But they could take it. You know what I mean? They could, even though he was getting on, he was saying some stuff to them, but they could take it. But he he's following the rich legacy of the great Dick Gregory. And you know, one day, and this is when before Arsenio Hall came back on, he got canceled. I don't know if y'all saw that that uh, uh that show with Arsenio Hall and Bill Cosby was on uh he was on that show, and on that show, he gave a lot of props to uh, matter of fact, all he talked about was Dick Gregory and the sacrifices that Dick Gregory made. Because he was just saying he almost wished he would have made those sacrifices. He was saying he had a lot of respect for Dick Gregory for taking those sacrifices. The whole show, if you go back and look at it, that's all he talked mm. about. He gave praises and props to Dick Gregory for the stances that he took and for the things that he did in our community and all. You know what I mean? So Dave Chappelle is following that rich legacy because somebody has to because mostly everybody else is scared. Like you said, when you talk about Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart ain't touched. Matter of fact, Kevin Hart did a whole special that came on Netflix, just basically a whole apology about you know what I mean the certain you know what I mean so you know it was garbage yeah you know it was garbage it was trash like let's just be honest it was not good yeah no doubt no doubt no doubt so I'm just saying that yeah 
Oh, go, go. Uh, uh, Jeff, yeah, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it seems to me like nothing is more uh, boring and less funny to me than an emasculated black man. You know? Like, Trying I, to be politically correct, right? Yeah, yeah, because like, nothing I, about being black is politically correct. Let's be honest. The way we've been treated throughout the history of this country, that shit wasn't politically correct, right? Yeah, when they had right. your ancestors in chains or brought them right. from Africa or when they Jim Crow, mass incarceration, the uh, literacy rate, and we're like, what happened? Like, none of that's politically correct. But we going to sit on our hands because, you know what I'm saying, Massa told us to. Nah, man, get out of here. So when it comes to Kyrie, for those of you who don't know, Kyrie Irving plays for the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn is clearly in... In the city of New York City, which has a COVID mandate or a, a, a V word mandate, right? Has a jab mandate. If you do anything indoors, include basketball practice, basketball games, you have to have the jab, right? And so Kyrie, he hasn't spoken on it publicly much, but Kyrie is basically saying, you know, my body, my choice. We did that a lot. So it sounds like he's kind of standing on those wheels. And he has not been allowed to practice with the Nets since they've been back in Brooklyn. And so their season starts in about a week, a week and a half. And so as of right now, he will not be allowed to play in games for the Nets. Now, this is interesting because New York City is a weird place, right? Because Kyrie, who plays for the Brooklyn Nets, he can't practice and or participate in games. And so he would miss, you know, roughly 41 games if he holds strong. And which is three hundred eighty, almost four hundred thousand dollars a game he misses. But if you play for a visiting team, say I play for the the Miami Heat, right? Who you know, Florida don't have no kind of jab mandates. You know, they all woo whatever. If I play for the Miami Heat and I go play in New York City, I can still play. Why is that? I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting thing. So as of right now, Kyrie Irving, like I said, is standing on his morals. He is someone, I guess he has done his independent research. He is someone that's, as of now, at least as of now, has right. decided not to get the jab. And, and people are ostracizing him for it for a couple different reasons. One, because he plays a team sport. Basketball is a team sport, and Kyrie's really, really good. Like, right, if Kyrie was a bench warmer and he was some soup sandwich garbage, right. nobody would give a damn, right? But because Kyrie's actually, like, really, really good, like, really, really good at basketball, he's all up in the news, right? Because there's a, Kyrie is not the only person in the NBA who hasn't gotten the jab. He just happens to be the best player who hasn't gotten it, at right, least that we right. know of, right? right? So that is why so many people are talking about it. But 90%, you would never know that 90% of the NBA, or maybe more now, over 90% has the jab. So it's not like it's an ongoing problem in the NBA. Over 90%, 9 out of every 10 people have it. Whereas only like, what, 55% of Americans have it. So like, mm-hmm. they making it seem like it's a big you know, like deal because it's this one player who hasn't been buck broken, who isn't just sitting on his hands and standing up for what he believes in. And I, mm-hmm. I applaud him for it, for sure. Yeah, so Jabari, oh, go ahead, Jabari. No, no, I was just gonna say, um, I'll quote it back here in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. You know, he, he yeah, shout out to Lamar. Yeah, that he's not gonna do it. Also, and and he's had Corona two times, twice. Yeah, twice. You know, but he's made the same thing that yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking a jab. Mm. Everybody, oh, sorry about that. Uh, Everybody, I'm talking with uh, Jabari Natour and uh, Jeff Lacey Jr. And we're talking about Dave Chappelle and the racist backlash against Chappelle. Uh, in his new special, The Closer. And we're also talking generally, having a barbershop conversation uh, sponsored by Conscious Heads Barbershop out of Baltimore. And uh, Jabari actually is a master barber and actually changed laws out in Baltimore uh, to allow um, for more people to become 
uh, apprentices uh, to become master barbers. And I don't know if, if you are into that kind of thing, uh, if everybody's listening but or interested in it. Uh, you can actually go to uh, blackbarberbootcamp.com. He has some good information set up. Uh, it's, it's like a boot camp, right? Is that what you got? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so feel free to check it out. It might be something that you or your son or your friends might want to look into, uh, yeah. because I, I believe that 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 whole industry should belong to us, uh, men, yeah. men and women's hair. Like that, that should be ours. And so, um, so so let me let me let me ask y'all this. Okay, so what do you think is going to go? You know, for Chappelle, um, I'll start with you, Jabari. Like, do you think that Chappelle's going to get? Um, you know, you think that they could really cancel him, or you think that he's going to just get through this like he does everything well, else? I think he's going to get through it. I think Netflix is making way too much money from this right now. Absolutely. And, 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 and the more people talk about it, the more controversy that he has, they know that it's going, it's going to sell. I'm just going to make them millions and millions and millions of dollars. Nah, he's going to go through the same thing he went through before and he's he going to overcome. Uh, Chappelle is a strong, he's a very strong brother. And like, yeah, he's he going to be fine. He's going to be fine at the end of the day. Okay. Jeff, what, what, what's your prediction for, for the future of Chappelle? Dave Chappelle, nothing is going to come of this. And why? And, and a lot of black celebrities w- could understand this if they stood on their ground, high horse, and not easily get into apologize and do these apology tours, right? Yeah. Nothing's going to happen to Chappelle. Here's why. One, because of what Jabari said, he is probably the highest grossing comedian on Netflix, or one of them. I don't know the exact numbers, but Netflix gave him a big deal back in 2016 yeah. for a six special, a six special uh, series, like six specials, and he has been getting them boatloads of money. And also, Netflix is scheduled to bring on the Chappelle show. Remember, I don't know, guys, know if you remember when Dave Chappelle was having right. that back and forth with Comedy mm-hmm. Central where they were putting it on different streaming platforms and he wasn't getting paid from it and he made a fuss about it and then he got his royalties, right? He got a show back. And so that show is coming to coming to Netflix. And if you wow. thought this special was bad, once you, because the folks must have <laughs> forgot who the hell Dave Chappelle was, because once his special gets to Netflix, you're going to see a whole lot worse <laughs> than what we saw on The Closer. I can guarantee it. Mark it down. You're going to see a whole lot worse. And, and, and his comedy is super conscious and super funny because it's real, right? Like, what, whether you go back 20 years with Dave Chappelle or up until this week where The Closer comes out, it is super, super real. And I think also when we look at criticism, right, especially criticism upon black men on topics of, like, LGBT and stuff, we got to cite the source, right? So the source that's actually coming after making the biggest fuss about Dave Chappelle is the National Black Justice Coalition. And it is it, this is what they call themselves, a civil rights advocacy group dedicated to empowerment of the black LGBT community. Mm. Like, let's think about that. Let's think about that. So they basically are a civil rights group, but only focuses on one group of people. Wow. That, mm. Within the black community. Last I checked, there were more black people uh, that weren't just gay. Like that, so or uh, weren't just part of the LGBT community. So what what are we doing here? Like I, I don't know how credible of a source, and I never heard of this group before. This Dave Chappelle yeah. special. So mm-hmm. like I think we also have to always pay attention to who the the criticism is actually coming from, who exactly. are they funded by, who are they backed mm-hmm. by, and what that also means as well. Mm-hmm. Right. That right, part, right. that part, man. That, that was a great that was a very astute point you just made because you're right. Um it all comes down to uh who you know, where's the money coming from, right? That that determines who gets that platform, whose voice gets heard. And uh, also remember that one of the uh critics is the, the executive producer. 
uh, I think that it looks like that critic was white, uh, Jacqueline, uh, something who happens to be trans. And again, this is not anti anybody. This is just a fact. And uh, uh, Jacqueline was one of the executive producers on this film, Dear White People. Mm. And one of the things that people um, are probably not aware of, I'm, I'm more sensitive to it because I spent uh, over 20 some years on college campuses, is that you on campuses, their their version, their vision of blackness is very different from what grassroots black folks are actually thinking and wanting and believing. Uh, their uh, version, vision of blackness tends to be based on what they were referred to as intersectionality or uh, these allies, lots of allies, right? Which, uh, which leads you to falsely conclude, which I used to conclude back when I was young and, and impressionable and in my 20s, I used to conclude that white liberals were the greatest ally of black people. That, you know, if I went and showed up and voted for the Democrats and, uh, get, you know, lined up with the feminists, lined up with the LGBT community, that that was like I was being part of the group I belonged in. Absolutely. And then what you find is that there are these cultural clashes where black folks are like, we're not down for that. You know, especially as things got more and more interesting, like, uh, you know, debatable, very highly debatable topics like, you know, can a, can a man just decide he wants to be a woman and then become a man again? It, a lot of black folks don't don't get all that. You know, they they, they yeah. see, you know, I, I saw I was I was cracking up, man, when I saw those, uh, you know, those uh, those girls that were running um, track in uh, what was yeah. it? You know, in Connecticut, in Connecticut. Yeah. Up in the Northeast. Yeah. And and we're kicking the girls asses. Right. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to kick girls asses because you was a dude a year ago. You know what I mean? No, not a year ago. You was a a dude yesterday. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't no year ago. Like, that's the truth. Yeah. Like when Joe Rogan, you know, shout out to him. You know, he was like he was talking about the MMA fighters. He said, if you were ever a dude at any point in your life, you should not be cage fighting. With a woman, nah, absolutely, like, no. like that's that, crazy. you're legally beating women's asses. I know guys who beat women's asses. Those are not good men. <laughs> not at all. Those are not good right, dudes, right? Right, right, so, right, right. This idea. So, so again, without you know, look, I believe everybody has a right to believe what you want to believe, but but you better not believe that you can make me believe what you believe, especially if what you believe is bullshit. <laughs> right. right? If it don't make no sense to me. I'm right. not. I'm not doing that just because everybody else says it's okay. So but see. I think, so that's why you got to love Dave Chappelle because absolutely Dave, he's, he's speaking his truth, and that's what great comedians do. Absolutely, you know? right, like, right, like, right, I wish right. Kevin Hart would go take notes. You know, like stop being such a bitch. Like, right, right. It's right, too much right, money right. for it's yeah, too man. much money for Kev though. It's too much money. Kevin Hart's one of the highest grossing comedians in history. Why? Because he straddles the line, right? If somebody, you know, if he gets out of line, they pat him back. He get, goes to apologizing, right? Like you said, Doc. When you make those points though, nowadays. What are you called? You're called toxic masculine. You're called homophobic <laughs> trans. They start making up words and making up like when the hell? What? what like I first heard. I, I swear on everything. I first heard toxic masculinity in an English course when I was 20 years old on the campus of Western Kentucky University, and I was like, "What the hell is toxic about masculinity? Right? Like what? What is toxic about being a man? I never understood that you could be." To- a toxic like i understand you there's toxic people but th- if there's toxic masculinity where's the toxic femininity right like we've never heard that term before Whoa. but we're like where is like so because if you have one then you have to have the other correct right like you it, and then now it's like oh you're a toxic masculinity but now you want to be a woman so what is that like i, I just i and like the stuff started changing man like it's just like whoa like what is going right. on and right. so some people they call it stuck in their ways or whatever but they're genuinely confused like yeah. stuff can 
can actually be confusing and you can actually be denigrated by not agreeing with it. Like just because you now I don't have to disrespect you, but you can't force me to agree with it if I think it's silly. Right. Like if I think that woman or person or whoever, whatever you want to call is the same as my like I brought up my mother earlier. Like my mother is a is like a woman. You can't tell me that person (laughs) who was Billy Bob yesterday decides to be Britney, whatever tomorrow. It's the same as my mama. Like, I mean, you, there's no way in hell you're ever going to convince me of that. And I, I'm sorry. Like, you can call me whatever you want, but it's just, it's just, the, it's just the truth of the matter. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, yeah. I, 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 so Jabari, let me, let me bring, let me, let me throw this out there. Cause I, one thing, this allows me to m- mention something you have, you know, reality speaks. Uh, and I encourage everybody to take a look at that, at that platform because you, you actually did something that I thought was really special that, that really um was unique in Baltimore that isn't being done in a lot of places is, you know, with Reality Speaks, you all have been providing platform spaces for for those alternative ideas, for those black ideas. Ideas yeah. are rooted and centered and originated from the black community, and uh, and I and that's why I really respect what you all do because there's a lot of well known people out here who've been in Hidden Colors movies and everything else uh, who have come through. Uh, you, you know, Reality Speaks in, in your platform. And been allowed to share their voice, right? And I was one of them. I was, yeah. you know, it, I, you know, when y'all were inviting me in, you know, mainstream mainstream media ain't gonna invite somebody like me in. White universities don't want people like me around, you know, because because we're gonna challenge their ideas. And uh, and 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 so it seems to me that as black people, we just it's rather than being upset about what they're doing, we have to create our own spaces right. where we're able to express our point of view. Uh, can you kind of speak to that in terms of because you've had yeah. Francis Chris Wells and Dick Gregory come through many, many times and a lot right. of other, you name some others that, that, I, that I missed because I know there's a ton. Yeah. Uh, talk, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we 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 had people like Dr. Khaled Abdul-Muhammad. And for those who know Dr. Khaled Abdul-Muhammad, he mouth, mouth didn't know no Sunday. That brother, that brother was hardcore. And I can remember when I first met Dr. Khaled Muhammad, I, I love that brother, you know, and, and and he also said, he said to me one day, he said, man, brother Jabari, he says, it's nice to finally meet you because I'll call this guy over and over and over, over again until I got him here to town. And he said, man, you the one out here driving these white folks crazy down here in Baltimore, you know, and so I, you know I mean? So having that history, bringing people like Khaled, because Khaled couldn't, couldn't go nowhere like that. You know, man, we brought Dr. Francis Cress Wells and these are people, these are the, the odd Scott, this is the whole black cultural side of things the revolutionary way of thinking of people that we would actually bring out there dr francis crest wells and or your dr ashaka musa barashongos and your your tony browders brother tony browder who uh who always we do a lot of things with him the author of the broader files he does trips and stuff back and forth to uh, uh africa but we had you know we have uh, sister soldier we've had sister soldier on our you know on, on our platform i can't get her now i've been trying to get sister soldier forever but she won't come for me <laughs> can't get in touch with her i would love i would love to get in touch with her you know I mean to be able to do something with her but yeah we had her back in the day uh uh, uh there's a brother named ashra Quazy. Uh, uh, that that many need to know about because this brother was one of the people that definitely transformed my way of thinking and you know I mean it taught me stuff about Africa and African center history you can you know check that check that brother out look him out there was um Dr Layla Africa but we provided our logo our, our slogan is information plus black power breaks the chains you know so you know man it, it was just an honor you know we brought Dr Claude Anderson uh we bought uh, uh steve coakley back in the day uh, uh from steve coakley i'm trying to think of more people but it's been over like 150 different lecturers that we got uh del jones i don't know if y'all know about del del jones we brought him to town 
uh, and I'll keep thinking of many different names that, you know, I'm on, on top, you know, uh, Dr. Patricia Newton, who's now an ancestor now. Uh, she was she was definitely somebody to, to talk to here in Baltimore and Tubman City. Uh, you know, so it's, it's it's been an honor for us to be able to, as Brother Malcolm said, you've been given one side of the coin. You get one side. The news media gives you what they want to give you. But to get the other side of the, the coin and then you can make a decision about what's going on. You know, so he like, you know, so that's what we've been trying to provide. You know, what I mean, to give people that other side of the coin. And that's what we've been doing for 26 years through Reality Speaks. But many mm. of these great speakers and great lecturers, um, such as such as yourself, we've had um, we've had Dr. Umar Johnson in the early years, the early Dr. Yeah, Umar but, Johnson before before Umar became <laughs> the Umar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all were, <laughs> yeah, and, and I think yeah. that I don't think that's super important. And uh, and I put that URL where y'all can find out more about it if you want to support this kind of thing because uh, that's important. You know, th- this is this is black media. This is the black. This is the lecture circuit that that we we deserve to have. You know, because what happens is. People don't understand this. You know, I'm a college professor. I've been doing it for a long time. And it, it did. I didn't until I was probably about 42 years old figure out that universities aren't just places where you learn. They are places where you are indoctrinated into specific ideas like the universe. American universities are indoctrination factories for white liberal ideologies. You know, if you look, if you go talk to most students who use a lot of terms like terms that we didn't even have a decade ago, transphobia, homophobia, toxic masculinity, you know, just whatever, all these other words that they that, that they kind of come out with. Um, like, in fact, there was a there's a, a, a word turf, T-E-R-F, which I, I swear, I swear that it wasn't it wasn't mainstream <laughs> anyway. Uh, you know, uh, Chappelle I, talks I, about that. Chappelle talks about that in the special. Yeah, yeah, J- yeah. They called J.K. Rowling a turf. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think that it was uh, something. Uh, let me see, trans exclusive radical feminist, right? That shit didn't exist in the nineties. Like that wasn't around. You know what I mean? So they are sitting around. Seriously, this is this stuff comes. That out that didn't exist two weeks ago. Like you know what I mean? Like that was made. Like you know what I'm saying? Like every year they, they tell you that there's a new number of g- genders out. Like like I don't know if y'all saw this. Like they, I think they were like there's 180 different ge- not someone some like but I don't remember the exact number. I don't want to sound crazy. But seriously it's like and this comes out of the big white universities. Now they are not terrible places. They're not places where you can't learn. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying though that they are sometimes so assertive and aggressive about pursuing their own agenda that they decidedly crush the black agenda. Black people are their pets. Exactly. Right. That's how they, they see you as their, their, uh, they, they, they use you, you know, the, the way they use any other resource, the way they use the bathroom or the way they use their car. And so, so when you get, uh, so if you watch a movie like, um, like this one, which, which I was tempted to watch, but I couldn't really get through it. Watch a movie like Dear White People. I can identify. <laughs> right. Right. I, I can identify. Don't get me wrong. I can identify with uh, what they're going through as black college students because I was one and I've taught them for many, many years. But what I saw is what I typically see. What I saw in this movie and I typically see this in general is this package that says that because you're black, here's a whole long list of other ideas that you have to accept that are not entirely consistent with the black tradition in America. Mm. Right. And that's why, and, and so, so uh, to give you a specific example, that I, I remember being very surprised when uh, I think it was Cal State Long Beach, the the Black Student Union of Cal State Long Beach invited me and Farrakhan to come down there and speak, and I was like, huh, that's very surprising that the students were that alert to their blackness and the nuances of it, 
that they would have somebody like me and Farrakhan come to that campus because white campuses don't, they tell you Farrakhan is a terrible person and that he's, right. he's all these things that he's not, he's never, Oh, he's dangerous to, to Jewish people. What, well, who tell me, show me a Jewish person. He's beaten up, attacked or ordered to be killed. He ain't done none of that. Stop that. Right. right, right. <laughs> so we went down to this campus and spoke. And let me tell you what they did. This tells you that, like, see, they're strategic with it. You got to pay attention now. They got the black LGBT students to go to the event and to protest Farrakhan. Right. Because And they get the black ones to make sure that, they, that it's not seen as a racial issue. Exactly. And all that. That's where organizations like that National uh, Black Justice Coalition that just popped out of nowhere. That's where they come from. They create this. They manufacture yeah, exactly. this so that they can. So you can't, can't say, well, you're being racist because white liberals think they can't be racist when sometimes they're the most racist out there. Malcolm X told you that. So so what the students did was they went to Farrakhan's. They, they, I was speaking after Farrakhan. So he's speaking. And they all took a bunch of seats. And then right in the middle of his speech, they all got up and walked out, right, just to show disrespect. And and my problem with that was not that you disagree with Farrakhan. I think he's okay with you disagreeing with him. I've seen how he deals with adversaries, even enemies. It's it's a really amazing process that a lot of people can learn from. But what I did have an issue with is I said, okay, so you're telling me that these white folks uh, you know, who 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 cared nothing about you and your family 20, 30 years ago. Farrakhan was fighting for you before you were born, right? Mm-hmm. He, you know, these, these white none of these white folks would have would have would have taken a bullet for you, would have uh would have defended you. In fact, they might have been the ones shooting the bullets at you 30, 40 years ago, but now suddenly you're more loyal to this institution and to these people than you are to the people that are respected in the black community. So I'm not asking you to agree with what I believe, I'm just asking you to show some damn respect. Just say, mm. you know, I I think I, I appreciate what you've done. I just don't agree, right? I think that's okay. So, right. so what I so what I want people to understand is that what you're seeing happening to Chappelle is nothing more than an extension of what one might refer to as um uh, a cultural and intellectual imperialism, where they come in, they stomp in like stormtroopers and say. This yeah. is what y'all Negroes need to do, and and right. the reason I applaud Chappelle is because he's standing up against it. Now, right. now I've said right. a lot. Uh, I want you guys to get the last words, and uh, and and before I do that, uh, if everybody could take one second, please hit the thumbs up button. Whatever platform you're on, please subscribe. Uh, we need to build our own platforms, and I'm gonna put the Black Boss Channel URL up so you can also subscribe to the Black Boss Channel because that's where Black men have conversations. We need to have spaces where Black men can talk uh, because media doesn't want to hear from Black men unless you're rapping, playing ball, that's or right. whatever, or or you cooning. Right. This is <laughs> right. the no coon zone. <laughs> every every everybody's you know everybody's been protected against all that nonsense because that's the virus. The coonery is a virus. We gotta bend the curve. Um, but um, uh, but anyway, so let me go with you, Jeff. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? You know, on this issue. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just really quick on your Farrakhan thing. The thing is, people will tell you they don't like Farrakhan, but they can't tell you why, right? Nobody can point to a moment where he was anti-Semitic. Nobody can point to a moment where he was just this big, hateful person, right? Like, nobody can re- They just, because it's said so loudly and so many times, it's just, you know, one of those mind tricks where you just believe it because you heard it. I was introduced to Farrakhan as a little kid, and so when I got older and saw that people actually hated him, I couldn't understand it. I was like, what? has anybody actually listened to this man speak? Like, has anybody actually listened to what the man says? Like, it it never made any sense. But but, uh, the final point is you will never see black, whether it's black men, black women, black as a collective, able to really move as masses as long as they continue to try to get the white man's dollar. 
Right. Unless you can unless you figure out a way to create your own economic base, whether it's starting a business, learning how affiliate marketing, the stock market, whatever, real estate or whatever, you will never be able to be total free because at the end of the day, it comes down to economics. Right. People don't speak like Dave Chappelle. They don't speak like Farrakhan. They don't speak like Dr. Boyce or Jabari or whoever, because they're afraid of losing a paycheck. They're afraid that their kid themselves, their wife girlfriend, whoever won't be able to eat because of somebody white who's the boss heard them talk. They won't get the paycheck. And so once you establish a level of economic freedom for yourself, you right. will be able to say whatever the hell you want. And then you won't be scared of the white man or whoever taking away your right to eat and your right to say whatever you want to. So th- those are my final thoughts. That's uh, right. I just want to speak to you like um, their specific tactics, like back in the sixties um, called Cointel Pro that the FBI and many different people put out to actually a counterintelligence program. And these things were specifically aimed at, you know, getting rid of the black power movement during that time, you know, so they came up with specific strategies that they still do to this day to mislead us. Even when you look at hip hop to take over hip hop, let's see, um, they got a uh, big daddy Kane, Versus uh, the verses coming up, you know, I mean, Big Daddy Kane and the KRS one, two of my favorite rappers. But when you hear those rappers in those times, they were talking about black issues, you know, what I mean, Kane mean Kane, Kane Asiatic, none equal, you know, what I mean, not cocaine, he wasn't talking about cocaine, you know what I'm saying? But they were talking about a lot of different things in the community. But Cointel Pro, those specific tactics, when they actually you start to see the hip hop start to change and the takeover, somebody put their hand in there and misled, you know, what I mean, so a lot of the rappers now have to stay on script. And they have to say these things. They have to they have to talk about drugs, killing, uh, crazy sex, and you know what I mean, and going to jail for the most part. You know what I mean? So that's the psychology that they want us to have because they don't want us to take that Black Panther, that hard, you know what I mean, that that independent way of thinking. So they try to control our thoughts and our thinking. But best believe at the end of the day, this structure, they try to control us by putting these different things out there and having us saying those saying certain things. So Dave Chappelle, you know what I mean, can he can be independent. He says things, he's taking a role that many are scared to do. Like you said, the Kevin Hart, he ain't got the heart to stand up and do it. You know what I mean? A lot of other people, they not, they not going to actually do it because they're controlled by that power system. And that's why we have to get power so that we can say and do some of the things. I love the KRS-1s, like I said, and all those folks from Big Daddy Kane to to uh, uh, many of the people who have, who have made me who I am today. You know, so I, I love that. And so we got we to gotta get the heart so that we can stand up and we can fight back and get the, and get the power we need in our community so we won't have to you know, shut our mouths or be quiet and big up to Dave Chappelle for taking mm. the stand. Well, let me ask uh, uh, Jeff, do you know who that group is? We, we oh, gonna, there you we, go. Yeah. We're going to do a mind trick on the, on the 25-year-old. You know this group, Jeff? Yeah, oh, y- y- y'all got me on this one. Oh, man. Let's educate Jeff a little bit on that. Really cool. Or just what hip hop looked like before before the takeover, before it became all about killing black people and getting hooked on drugs. And <laughs> I see the onks. I see the, you know, the, the African ancestry, uh, uh, but I telling you who they are. Uh, we got to tell them, Dr. Boyce. Oh, that group is called X-Clan. And X-Clan was a, a group. They, you know, heed the words of the brother. And they used to rap. All they yeah. rapped about was black pride and, uh, and you know, at the, the, the beauty of Africa and all the amazing things black people have done. And KR's one, you know, one of his best songs I love was called You Must Learn. Yeah. You know, and, 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 yeah. I, and he was he was literally rapping black history. And and it was as cool as 
oh, Drake and, and and all this stuff that the people love that like now like it was every bit as cool as that like yep. there's nothing like that you know a little Uzi Vert or Twenty One Savage could do that was cooler for us you know at that time than what was being you know than, than what was being done by them and the difference was that when everybody listened to X Clan you started seeing the culture reflect that right. you started seeing people dress in a more Afrocentric way. They started taking pride in being black. They wanted to be more intelligent. They wanted to learn, you know, and, and then suddenly like out of the blue, like early to mid nineties, yeah. yep. all that just flipped like yep. around, around, around the early, like mid about 93, 94, mm-hmm. all the like really progressive groups that were telling black people to do things like public enemies, like fight the power and everybody yep. go ahead. <laughs> you know, suddenly it's suddenly like, you know, bitches ain't shit, and you know, <laughs> I, I kill a black man yeah. today, and, yeah. and I'm gonna go get high every Tuesday. Like it was like, damn, like you know. So, so that's where the the conversation comes because you know because people because here's the thing, there's been there's never been a more effective marketing vehicle than hip hop music. Like hip hop artists have always been the most influential. They were social media influencers before they were social media. Absolutely. You know, like it started re- really with uh, for the early story I remember was um, when Russell Simmons uh, was trying to get Adidas to give a deal to Run DMC because because they would wear those Adidas and those Adidas sweatsuits and all right. that. Right. It probably sounds like old people stuff to Jeff because it's so long. Ago. Uh, <laughs> like what's that? But, yeah. <laughs> but but it's, still, it's still relevant. The same ideas still apply. Right. Uh, and so basically uh, he, he what he did was he brought the Adidas executives to a run DMC concert. And he said, I want to show you the influence these guys have. So they, they he told his brother, Run, who's in the group, he said, hold up your D. He said, tell everybody to hold up their, D- their Adidas yeah. shoe. Right. And he, he said, so he said, everybody put your Adidas in the air and like 50,000 people were holding <laughs> up an Adidas shoe. And Adidas is like, oh, shit. So they signed him to a deal because they saw that influence. So, so rappers have always been incredibly influential. So it is not out of the question. That's right. When you look at, you know, the history of this government, when you look at, uh, you know, uh, co- you know, just some of the, um, the operations that they conducted around the world, not just here in the United States, but all around the world, yeah, covert yeah. operations, yeah. it is not at all out of the question that they said, okay, we've got to find a way to control these Negroes. The number one way to control them is through the music. And that, and, and to look at 20 years later, Look, look at look at look at where a lot of young people are now. Not not yeah. all of them, right? A lot yeah. of them have a lot yeah. of potential. But ain't no ain't I ain't never met a black man who's got a great future when all he's trying to do right. at the age of twenty one is get high every day, yeah. you know, and make babies, yeah. mamas, and 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 and, and pull yeah. out his strap and give all his money away. Like you literally <laughs> are completely fucking yourself for the next forty years, and yeah. then you end up you know dead by the age of forty five. Like a lot of these rappers now, you're starting to see rappers dying at forty five years old. Because you ain't supposed to live that life, but they're right. making you think it's cool and it's very difficult. So I want everybody to hear that because you don't hear that anywhere else. Right? <laughs> Nobody's right. talking about it because people are like, oh, well, I'm making money. This is good. Yeah, they're paying you right. money to destroy your life and destroy your exactly. people. Exactly. Like, exactly. So anyway, guys, I, I appreciate this, man. This this was a blast. I had so much fun. Absolutely. And I want to say thank good. you all. Uh, Jabari Natur uh, from Reality Speaks. I'm going to put his URL on the screen. Also, Jeff. Let, let me put up, I didn't put up Jeff's uh, Instagram. Uh, Jay Lighty Seven, Jeff Lighty Jr. does uh, commentary every single day. Uh, that's his Instagram, Jay Lighty Seven. He's also on the BlackBossChannel.com. There's a URL there. 
He's literally on there every day talking about sports. So if you're into sports and and, and he talks about a lot of other things. Yeah, uh, we, talk, we talked about voting today. We talked about uh, the cuts for HBCU funding. We, we talked about that and we had, we had a good time with that. That's why I'm wearing this vote shirt because they, they made sure you got out to get your booty to the polls. But then they kind of took $40 billion away from your historically yeah. black colleges and universities. So, yeah, yeah that's, why, that's why I'm wearing this. It was, it was symbolic for sure. <laughs> all right all right so so as you see jeff is an intelligent black man and a lot of we got a lot of intelligent brothers that come through there and we need to support the voice of the black man and then i'm gonna give you uh jabari uh if you're into if you want to check out his barber boot camp uh here's here's a url that will take you directly there blackbarberbootcamp.com uh feel free to try that and uh he's a master barber he runs conscious hairs barbershop uh his best friend sundiata who uh, also uh greeted me with they were very warmly both of these brothers when i was in baltimore he runs uh, Reflections Eternal, Reflections Eternal Barbershop. Yep. Is that how it's said? Yep. Okay. Uh, down in Baltimore. They are right near a, an amazing black Wall Street that they have in Baltimore. And, and I think that we, we need to, as a community, tell each other about these great things that, that all of us are doing. And then also, if you want to go take a look and support uh, some of the great uh, black-centric content that they're doing uh, with, with Reality Speaks, uh, you know, the, Jabari for 26, you said that podium that I spoke on, it was 26 years old, right? 26 years. So, yeah. So it was yeah. Older, older than Jeff. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it, 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 uh, yeah. And, and to me, that, to me, that is a black history artifact. That is, yep. that is like something that should be in a museum because, you know, it, it was an honor for me to even be able to say, I'm at the same podium that a Francis Chris Wellesing was. Yeah. And a Dick yeah. Gregory. Uh, these are our heroes. Yep. So we got to make our own heroes, everybody. So a uh, last point, uh, just a quick reminder to everybody, please hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button if you have not done that yet. And also don't forget that the All Black National Convention happens in Orlando. That's where we're going to gather and we are setting the agenda. We are making the rules. We are getting it done. Everything, economics, polit politics, relationships, family, uh, children, we are defining our future and we're not letting anybody else control this. So if you want to learn more about the convention, go to allblacknationalconvention.com. The URL is on the screen. Last but not least, college students, uh, if you bring a student ID, you can get in free. Uh, because we want you to have mm. something that is an alternative mm. to what you're hearing on these campuses, because some of what you're hearing is good, but a lot of what you're hearing is bad and very bad for the community. It's, it's draining black wealth, those student loans and all this other stuff. Yeah. We want to just give you an alternative perspective. So college students with a student ID, you pay zero dollars and zero cents to come through the door. So bring your friends, bring the whole black student union and we will love you. We will support you no matter what your background is. And just come ready to hear a perspective that's probably going to blow your mind. We're going to take you out the matrix. All right. So, uh, so thank you guys. Thank you, brother, so much. Did you, uh, Jabari, you have one last point? Yeah, I just want to say that um, people, if they join the, um, the Patreon, that we have an exclusive Dr. Voice Walkers when he came to Baltimore. So we got that. That's exclusive there, exclusively there. So, you know, when you want to check that out, because that was a beautiful event. And, Doc, I just want to say that, you know what I mean, um, people love you. They love you out here in Baltimore. Doc came up, and he went. There was about 100 black businesses out there, and he stopped at every last one of those tables. And, um, and, and young people, young brothers and sisters, taking pictures, taking all pictures. And they, oh, that, that you Dr. Boyce. Wait a minute. For a second, he looked like Dr. Boyce Watkins. And as we went <laughs> down, yeah, they and, and they and they loved his brother. So I just want to let him know that the work that you're doing is transferring all throughout this world you know and 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 you know don't take that for granted what you with the work that you're actually putting in and we appreciate you and jeff has been a it's, it's been a pleasure to uh to be here on this panel here with you today likewise yeah, we're, gonna, we're gonna do this again and yeah but every day in baltimore was awesome i mean it's very moving and when i see something like that it makes me say okay how do we make sure everybody knows what's happening here 
so you can replicate what's winning. That's what we got to do. We we got you know they they call that best practices. You know, yeah. my wife is a therapist, and they have they they she gathers with other therapists to find best practices, right? So if something's working, you share the knowledge so that everybody can do it. So I want everybody to peep, peep out what they're doing in Baltimore. It was it was amazing, man, and and I agree. It was it was really fun. It felt it just felt good. You know, it reminded me of that Will Smith song, "Summer, Summer, <laughs> Summer Time." Yeah, you know, yeah. like it was nice, nice weather. The children were playing. You know, uh, families were out there doing business with each other. Black yeah. folks, it was nothing but love. And and I just really think that that to me, that's just like a great vision for our community. And that's yeah. how that's how we're gonna make black people great again, so to speak, is is, is by really reembracing who we are and not letting other people tell us who we are. So anyway, everybody, thank you so much for uh, for your time. We appreciate your attention. We do not take that for granted. Please, please, please take one second right now, if you could, hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button. And if you really want to help us, share this video so that other people can see it. And uh, and I guess I'll see a lot of y'all at the convention. So God bless you. Uh, thanks a lot, Jeff and, uh, and, 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 uh, and Jabari. And uh, you guys have a wonderful day. We will see you soon. Talk to you later. Peace. Peace. Greg J.